You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, sponsored by BetUS.com, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Brain, how are you? How you been? It's been Uh. a week. It, it's been a week and it's been it's been a good week it's been a busy week and we we had another football game so I'm feeling good I'm feeling like I'm starting to get into the routine of having football to look forward to every weekend and it, it feels nice not gonna lie yeah we're really starting to get into the groove and particularly after the football game that we witnessed on this Saturday because that was that was a whole lot of fun really, I think is the biggest takeaway was that it was a lot of fun. You had the Dolphins playing at home, preseason game, but in front of a a big crowd, it wasn't the reduced capacity, which Steve Goldstein told us, you know, I think 20 times on the broadcast. It was, it was really good to see that. And then the team played really, really well. And we're going to get into that. I think Almost all of the takeaways from this game are positive ones. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that here in just a minute. But first, a reminder, if you're not doing so already, make sure that you are following both the brain and myself on Twitter. I am at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. And you can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. Give us a like over there. If you follow the Same Old Dolphins Twitter account, we are following everyone back on that account until the start of the NFL season. So we've picked up a lot of new followers and we're just waiting on you. You're next. So come join us. We also invite you to download, rate, review, and subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are found. And make sure you're heading to DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. Okay, Brain, let's get into it here. Lots to take away from the Dolphins. 37-17 victory over the Atlanta Falcons on Saturday. Now, I, I do think it's fair, Brain, to mention that the Falcons were playing very few actual starters in this game. So I don't think we can walk away thinking that any of what we saw on Saturday is guaranteed to translate to regular season success, but there are nevertheless a lot of positives coming out of this game. In fact, I'd argue that the takeaways are, are as I mentioned before, almost exclusively positive. Among those positives was the performance of Tua Tungavailoa. The second-year quarterback looked calm, composed, confident, He went 16 of 23 for 183 yards and one touchdown. He displayed the great footwork, vision, and ball placement that we all expected, you know, from watching his college film. And he also 
on Saturday. He had a bit more zip on his passes. I think after the late interception that we saw him throw in the end zone against the Bears last week, this was exactly what you would have wanted to see from Tua as far as a bounce-back performance. And I came out of this game, and again, as I mentioned, there's the caveats of if it's a preseason game, Falcons weren't playing many starters, but just the confidence that Tua displayed, the leadership that he was displaying on the sideline, I walked away from this game feeling better than I have at any point about Tua being the Dolphins' QB1 heading into this 2021 season. Yeah, and I, I'm going to agree with that assessment. And I think I, I could have said the same thing last week uh, coming out of the Bears game because in spite of the interception, I thought the biggest takeaway coming out of last week's game was how much more confident he looked and decisive he looked and you saw the accuracy and you saw a little bit more zip you certainly saw him look better than he did towards the end of last season uh last week in that preseason game against the Bears and you saw further progression in this game uh he he again looked confident he looked decisive he was on the money with the majority of his throws uh I'm not going to sit here and say it was a perfect game uh, there was, you know, uh, the, the out route to, to Waddle, that Waddle drop that he could have caught, but even, even if he catches it, it's only a two yard gain. Whereas if Tua puts it on the money, uh, he gives Waddle a shot to pick up that first down. Uh, there were a couple of, of downfield throws that, uh, you know, weren't great. Maybe they were supposed to be back shoulder throws and back shoulder throws when you're throwing to Savan Ahmed and to Mac Hollins aren't necessarily going to have the, the same success rate as a back shoulder throw to Devontae Parker or Preston Williams or Will Fuller. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but in general, it was, it was really good. And Tua had some really nice throws. There really weren't any throws where you'd say were, that were really ugly. Uh, there was one maybe questionable throw on that last drive, not the drive right at the end of the half that, that led to the field goal attempt, but the drive that stalled out in the red zone, uh, where, uh, I guess, I guess he, he was gonna have, he was gonna hit, uh, Adam Shaheen on a crossing route and Shaheen kind of stopped his route. So when you, when you watch it, it looks like he threw it in the middle of, of three white jerseys. Uh, and so that one didn't look great. But really, aside from just a couple of throws, uh, he was really on the money. He looked good, and uh, you have to feel encouraged. I'm not ready to sit here and say, we've got our guy, we've got our franchise quarterback uh, for the next decade plus, uh, but we're moving in the right direction, and you certainly, uh, you certainly had to like what you saw uh, out of Tua in that game last night. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing is that we're looking at Tua and expecting to see him take strides forward this year. And the size of those strides forward are going to go a long way to defining how far this team is going to go this season. Are they a playoff team? Are they a team that wins a playoff game? Are they a team that somehow wins the AFC East? All of that is riding on the kind of progression that Tua makes this season. Thus far, all of the signs are pointing in the right direction, so those are very positive signs 
for the Dolphins here. I was I was pretty pleased with Tua's performance here. Uh, just really, just overall, just was very, very positive. And I think the next takeaway is, and this it directly parlays into the steps forward that Tua took in this game, but it was the offensive line bouncing back in a big way from a pretty lackluster performance in Chicago a week ago. They came back and and put on... I thought a pretty good performance and really took steps towards clarifying exactly what that starting offensive line is going to look like. And I think it's starting to gel. It's starting to come together in a way that perhaps was not so clear after that Chicago game and based on those performances. But it really is starting to look like at this point that that starting offensive line going from is going to be Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley, Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt, and then the question is who is going to be playing the role, who is going to be in that right tackle position. It seems like it's been Jesse Davis's job to, to lose, but in on Saturday night we saw Liam Eikenberg play quite a bit at right tackle and perform pretty well, Bryn. Yeah, and I want to get into the offensive line, but before I do, I just want to touch on one last thing with Tua. And I thought the most impressive stretch that Tua had was on the the second touchdown drive, the drive where Tua hit Gaskin on the on the touchdown. Uh, it was right after the the pass to Waddle that fell incomplete. Well, it was caught, and then it was reviewed and overturned. And and Miami had a third and six. Tua had a play where the pocket kind of collapsed on him, and he did what he does what he did so well in Alabama, which I thought was his elite trait, really coming out of the draft, which was his ability to maneuver and and shift inside the pocket, avoiding the rush but keeping his eyes downfield and then delivering a strike uh, down the middle and ending up hitting uh, Mac Hollins for a big third down reception. And then the, in the very next play, he, he throws an absolute just dime to, to uh, Mike Kosicki for a 30-yard gain. And then on the touchdown, uh, again, that was a play where protection kind of broke down, but Tua didn't panic. He shuffled in the pocket, stepped up, delivered a perfect throw to Miles Gaskin, uh, who ended up taking it in for the score. So I thought that was the most impressive thing that I saw from Tua, and I think it also segues perfectly into what we saw from the offensive line, which was a better day, but it was by far, it it was really not a perfect day by any stretch. Uh, And... Uh, I think it's important. This is where I think it's most important to note that we're playing Atlanta's second string defense because last week we went up against a good defensive front in Chicago. Uh, and this was an Atlanta team whose starters aren't even really known for being all that good. And we were going up against their second string. And while Miami did move the ball down the field and did score, and I, I'm not going to argue that the offensive line played relatively well. There, there were moments in this in this half, in the first half, where where the Dolphins starters were in at, at the offensive line, and the offensive line was not 
just dominating and having their way with Atlanta's defensive front. And again, it's the second string. So I think I don't want to go overboard when I, when I heap praise on the play of the offensive line in this game, because I don't think it was perfect and it, and it really wasn't against great competition. So it's concerning a little bit that they struggled as much as they did. I mean, uh, Austin Jackson, you know, got beat a couple of times. Jesse Davis got beat a couple of times. It's not like there was no pressure on Tua. Granted, the one sack that Tua took, I'm not going to put on the offensive line. It was a blitzer uh, that came that came free, and Malcolm Brown had the assignment and just did a terrible job of blocking him, and that's what ended up uh, leading to the sack. But it's not like Tua had this this clean pocket and all day to throw. And I think that's part of the reason why you, you haven't seen Tua, you know, air it out and throw and, and take a bunch of shots downfield is because the Dolphins know that they have question marks on the offensive line and things are a little bit shaky there. So let's not keep Tua back there for, for four or five seconds and let him and let these defenses, uh, defenses tee off on him. That said, when Liam Eikenberg came into the game, uh, I thought he played really well at right tackle. I thought, especially in the run game, uh, with him next to Bob Hunt, uh, some of those combo blocks, uh, just running behind the right side there, I thought they looked really, really good. Uh, so what I'll say about the offensive line going forward, I don't think things are as set as you think they are. Maybe that's the way it works out. Uh, with Eichenberg at right tackle or in this battle with Jesse Davis at right tackle. Um, I think there's a question mark at left guard. I don't think that Solomon Kinley has necessarily won this job. Remember, before Liam Eichenberg got hurt, Liam Eichenberg was playing at left guard in place of Solomon Kinley. So Kindley got the start mostly, I think, because He's been healthy and Eichenberg hasn't. Uh, and then when Eichenberg came in, he replaced Jesse Davis. Now, maybe that shows you uh, sort of gives you a hint at, as to what they're thinking there. But I would not be surprised if over this next week of practice and then into the final preseason game against the Bengals, if you don't see a little bit of Liam Eichenberg at left guard, because that's what they were doing earlier in the season. Now, if you do that, though, uh, are you happy with Jesse Davis at right tackle? Um, I don't know. That becomes the question. Which is the weaker link, having Jesse Davis at right tackle or having Solomon Kindley at left guard? What is Eichenberg's best position? Is it left guard? Is it right tackle? And can we really glean all that much success from, uh, from Liam Eichenberg's first game against, again, a second-string Atlanta Falcons defensive line. So there's still a lot of question marks there. I still think the, the offensive line is very much a work in progress. That said, they did play better today. Or They, they did. They did play better. And I, well, I certainly don't think we're approaching a point where we've got the answer. But I think they took a step forward in this game, and that was helpful. And I think particularly where you're seeing the best protection for Tua is is the interior of the line where things are are shored up and as long as that 
is clear. As long as that space is clean, Tua's got that pocket, and he he showed he has shown excellent pocket awareness. Which, I mean, for for a fan base that watched Ryan Tannehill for for seven years, have no idea when somebody was coming up behind him to watch to the ease with which Tua navigates the space in the pocket. It's just beautiful to see. And so I think as long as that, you know, that interior line is shored up, I think there's room for, I mean, I don't want to say that it's acceptable to have, you know, your tackles be question marks, but that interior part of the line is the most important part with Tua because he is so small and, you know, because he has shown that, confidence and control while in the pocket. So I think it's definitely taking steps forward. It's not all the way there yet. And I think it's going to take some time for it to gel. I think they've got to find those pieces and and figure out where everybody, I think Eichenberg showed great progress. And yes, it was against second string Atlanta Falcons players, but seeing him out there, seeing him getting that time is going to be really important uh, particularly as, as we head towards the regular season. I And I think at this point, getting those reps in for him is going to be good, especially building up his confidence. So, you know, it was a step forward. It's certainly, the, it remains the biggest question mark on the team, that offensive line. It remains the biggest question mark, and I think that's fair to say. But they took a step forward this week. I want to talk about another offensive unit here in just a moment. But first, we've got to talk about our sponsors, Manscaped Brain. Do you like playing with balls? I'm not talking about footballs. I mean your balls. And our friends at Manscaped are the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming. They want you to shave your pubes with the Tom Brady of ball trimmers, the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0, only the GOAT technology for the greatest balls of all time. And when you're going towards the end zone, make sure you use the right tools for the job and choose Manscaped. Two million men worldwide trust them. So join the movement with our exclusive offer by using the promo code DolphinsTalk at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. You'll get the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped because it is the perfect package for your package and a key for a great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure your crotch does and look like Troy Polamalu, which is an incredible visual. The performance package features Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, and Manscaped's liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. They're the key to feeling victorious and taking on the championship this year. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOLPHINSTALK at manscaped.com. Manscaped will also throw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0. It's the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed travel bag. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOLPHINSTALK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code DOLPHINSTALK. Your balls will thank you. Brain, thought the running backs took a, took a step forward in this game as well. Again, much like the offensive line, this isn't something that is certain you know what I mean? It's not like uh, it's not like these are. This is a great unit, 
an elite unit, but I thought they had a nicer game today than they did in Chicago. thought Miles Gaskin and Malcolm Brown both showed more speed and athleticism than they did the previous week. And, and Savan Ahmed, again, displaying his speed, his shiftiness in a way that makes me think, I, I really think he's going to feature heavily in this committee approach the Dolphins are going to take this season. What are your thoughts on the running game? Yeah, I, I thought they looked good. I, th- I thought th- in this area is where I saw the biggest progress in the offensive line was the run blocking. And again, this is where I kind of a little bit question the, the competition. But that said, you can only play against the team that's uh, uh, in front of you. And that's what, that's what we did. Uh, Miles Gaskin looked like Miles Gaskin. I mean, the guy, you know, does it all. He, he, if there's nothing there, he's going to get you two yards. And if there's something there, he's going to get you more. He's always going to fall forward. He's going to, he's, he's shown a propensity to be able to make that first guy miss. He runs his routes out of the backfield. He makes his, he makes the catch. Uh, he, he, he's a serviceable blocker, uh, back there. He just a very solid player that you can rely on. And he was on full display in this game. Uh, Savan Ahmed. His speed jumps off the screen when you when you watch it. Um, I don't think I don't think that he's going to feature super prominently in this uh, in this committee. I think he's more of a change of pace because I just think that from a polish standpoint and uh, and being able to do all of the little things, I think that the offense moves and functions better when Miles Gaskin is back there. And then because Savan Ahmed is not going to be better than Miles Gaskin on these third and shorts and the third and short situations, these goal line short yardage situations, this is where they're going to be leaning on guys like Malcolm Brown and Jared Dokes. I think Ahmed really goes in that like, you know, change of pace give uh, give Miles Gaskin a breather kind of role whereas if you say the dolphins are going to you know let's say let's say there's 30 touches to go around to to the dolphins running backs i think miles gaskin is getting about you know 20 of you know probably 20 of them uh savan ahmed and malcolm brown are probably getting you know uh, uh, about a 50-50 share of the rest. And then Jared Dokes probably isn't getting any unless Malcolm Brown is hurt uh, because I think he's more of a project. Uh, but that said, I was really encouraged with what I saw from Malcolm Brown in this game because there was a lot less Jordan one yard in him in this one. Uh, he showed a little bit of wiggle as far as being able to make a guy miss and then still hit the hole hard and uh, just his overall acceleration through the hole, which obviously is a lot easier to do when there are holes to run through. He just looked like a much more decisive runner and ran with much more authority, which is what you're looking for uh, with a back like him to, that's really going to be that between the tackles thumper. Uh, and I thought Jared Dokes looked the same. I, I think both of these guys uh, are almost like mirror images of each other, the way that they run. Uh, so I'm happy with the committee that they have. Obviously, it's capped as far as there's no real elite talent there. Miles Gaskin is the closest thing they have to a do-everything guy, but he's not going to 
you know, he's not going to confuse anybody for, for him being Ezekiel Elliott or anything like that. So uh, obviously, this is still something that the Dolphins might address, I think, in the future. But for this season, I like what we've got as far as a committee back there. So do you think the Dolphins are finally going to part ways with Patrick Laird? Yeah, yeah, I think I think the Patrick Laird era is is over. He was a nice bit player when we really didn't have anybody. Uh but judging by the fact that he really only got I think what, 3 snaps in this game. Uh Yeah, I think he had one carry for 2 yards. Yeah, I think the the time has come for for Patrick Laird. Uh I think he's he's going to he might be one of the first 5 cut. Uh, maybe they keep him around just because they don't have a ton of depth there. That maybe he makes it to the you know the final cut down day. But I think Patrick Laird is not going to make this fifty-three man roster. So hey, look, we've upgraded the running back room because Patrick Laird, who's been hanging around for a couple of years, may finally may finally get his pink slip. We'll see. But thank you for your contributions. We wish you the best in your future endeavors. Mr. Laird, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I I think the running game was was good. I'm looking forward to seeing how they use uh, this committee. I'm interested to see how you know whether Dokes makes ends up making the final 53 man roster. Oh, it's a possibility he does. Probably a practice squad guy. But uh, yeah, really really interesting look out of this backfield, and it was much more promising to see Malcolm Brown bursting through a hole and first of all him having a hole to burst through and then actually bursting through it that was really nice to see uh brain in just a minute we're going to talk about the wide receivers but listen sports betting season is in full force and with football fast approaching and major league baseball pennant races heating up you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like bet us you may already know this, but BetUS have been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is B-E-T-U-S dot com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is 1-800-MY-BET-US. You will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code Dolphins Talk. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. BetUS is known as America's favorite sportsbook for a lot of reasons. BetUS is all your Major League Baseball games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures, NFL odds up already. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf and round matchups, and live betting on most sports. The online casino is hundreds of games. The race book is all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp BetUS mobile platform is easy to use with full betting option. Follow my lead. Get your phone, go online, and get your social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. It's BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Use the bonus code Dolphins Talk and get a bonus of up to 125%. All right, Brain, let's turn our attention to wide receivers. This, to me, I think is is becoming one of the more intriguing position groups on the team. 
So into the game Saturday night, the Dolphins were again without Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson, and Preston Williams, though the latter did return to practice this week. Uh, this week, they also lost Alan Hearns to a wrist injury, which will see him miss at least three months of action. Lynn Bowden also suffered an injury this week, which caused him to miss the game. So on Saturday night, we got a little taste of Jalen Waddell, who at one point went down with a scary-looking injury but then returned to the game briefly. Brent, Jalen Waddell is an exciting player to have on the field, isn't he? Yeah, the the crazy thing is is that I don't even think we've seen him turn on the Jets yet. Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> he it's, looks like he's he, jogging out there and he's still the fastest guy. I mean, it's crazy. The, the the one play where he went in motion and then got the pass down the field and it was pretty early on, it was just I it was just so like he's such a disruptive player just by sheer virtue of knowing the speed that he has to offer. That is a disruptive force. And, I, I, man, I'm just really excited to see him get really integrated into this offense along with the top-tier receivers on this team. But in addition to, uh, to Jalen Waddell, we also, yet again, saw the depth receivers show up. Mac Hollins, Kirk Merritt, Robert Foster, and Malcolm Perry all played well in this game. In fact, Brain, I would argue that there are at least nine receivers currently on the roster who can all make compelling arguments for why they should be included on the eventual 53-man roster. So, let me ask you this. How many receivers will the Dolphins keep on the 53-man roster? And we'll revisit this question, I think, again next week after the Cincinnati game. But how many receivers will the Dolphins keep and who will they be? So this is, that first part of the question is really the trickiest part, is determining how many they're going to keep. I think we could say confidently that they'll keep six. They may keep seven. I don't think they're going to keep eight um, because I think that you also have to factor in that they've got a, a pretty deep tight end room. So uh, I think that it's going to be six or seven. I, here's what I think. I think, obviously, Parker is making the roster. Uh, Fuller is making the roster. Waddle is making the roster. Uh, those are the three that are for certain. I also am fairly confident that Preston Williams, now that he's off the pup, uh, and we'll see what his practice looks like, I think Preston Williams probably makes the roster as well. So that's four. Now, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, those are like the those are the next two guys. Albert Wilson obviously, you know, had a very productive year for the Dolphins a couple of seasons ago, but since the injury and you know had a good camp and now he's he's banged up again. I don't know if the you know I don't know that they feel like they can count on Albert Wilson, and he is uh, going to save them a considerable amount of money if they cut him. Uh, and he doesn't make the the 53 man. So I think Albert Wilson is definitely on the bubble. Jakeem Grant, I think because Albert Wilson has been banged up, now all of a sudden Jakeem and Jakeem Grant has had a pretty good camp. Uh that that is kind of taken him from being a guy that I think was it was 
pretty much a foregone conclusion that he was going to be cut to now him being on the bubble. The fact that, and you brought this up to me, you sent me a text, a screenshot with the snap counts of all of the Dolphins offensive players from this game. And you said, does anything stand out to you? And I didn't know that anything in particular in particular really stood out to me, but if I had to pick one thing, I thought it was interesting that Jakeem Grant only played 11 snaps. Uh, and Only this played was 11 co- snaps in a game where the top four wide receivers were out and right. Tua played the entire first half. So there's a couple of different ways that you can look at this. One way, which you seem strongly to believe in, is that they may be on the cusp of a deal to move him and they didn't want to risk getting him injured. He also didn't return kicks in this game. I found that to be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with you. The other way that you can look at this is, look, they know what they've got in Jakeem Grant at this point. But a speedy little receiver who can't catch. Who is a, an excellent return man who brings a dynamic to the offense, but he's not necessarily somebody that you can rely on. If he makes the roster, he's probably at best your fourth receiver, but likely your fifth or sixth receiver and a return man. Um, but he's also going to save you a lot of money if you, if you cut him before, before the regular season. Uh, the other way that you could look at it, like I was saying, is you, you know what you have in him. And you have this opportunity where you have all of your other starters or you have Parker out and Fuller out and Williams out and Wilson out. This is an opportunity for them to get a good look at guys like Mac Hollins and Kirk Merritt and Robert Foster to see if those guys could legitimately make the team. Um, I think there's, it's very likely that that went into the thought process there because if they don't play those guys there and instead it's Jakeem Grant, then you're only seeing those guys with the second string offense with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, so I think there is value in getting to see a little bit of those guys before you just have, you know, your second and third string in there. Uh, and that said, look, Kirk Merritt showed out in this game. Uh, Kirk Merritt is making a case. Mac Hollins, I think, is making the roster. Mac Hollins, uh, I think, is making the roster because of his special teams acumen, and he's shown that whether it was at the end of last year when we were banged up at the receiver position or in this training camp preseason, that he is, at the very least, somebody that you can throw in there and be relied upon that in conjunction with his special teams acumen, I think he makes the roster. So going back to the original question, if four guys, Parker, Fuller, Waddle, and Williams are guaranteed roster spots, Wilson and Grant are on the bubble, Mac Hollins becomes receiver number five, do they keep both Grant and Wilson if they, let's say they keep seven, if they keep six, I think they keep one of those guys. If they keep seven, I don't think they keep both of those guys. I think they keep one of them, and then there's one extra spot, and that, I think, comes down to uh, Lynn Bowden Jr., but if he's hurt, he goes on IR. You don't have to use the roster spot on him. 
Uh, same can be said for Alan Hearn, so they can keep him on IR. Uh, I think it really comes down to Kirk Merritt and Isaiah Ford if they keep a seventh receiver. I think if they keep six, Mac Hollins is the number six, and then it's either or between Albert Wilson and Jakeen Grant because I just don't see them uh, spending that much money on two guys that are going to be the fifth and sixth receiver on the roster. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really intrigued by Jakeem Grant and where he is on this team because I, you know, I went into we all, we all said this. Well, we all, the two of us said this going into this off season. We said the Dolphins need to improve their wide receiver room to the, to the point where Jakeem Grant is no longer a a, a, rece- a viable receiving option for this team. And I think we've arrived at a place where, I mean, granted, there's a lot of injuries right now, but they seem to be minor in nature for the most part. And that they're really more about let's rest these guys and let's keep them out. You know, Will Fuller sounds very much like he's going to be ready to go week two when his suspension ends. Albert Wilson sounds like he's going to be ready to go. Parker sounds like he'll be ready to go. It's just, you know, uh, Wilson came back this week. It really seems like, or not Wilson, Williams. Uh, Preston Williams came back this week and Albert Wilson will be there too. It seems like they're just being cautious with those guys and letting them sit out of, of preseason training camp as much as they need to, to take care of them because it's a longer regular season. I really think that Jakeem Grant is somebody I'm leaning heavily into this idea that they're shopping Jakeem Grant and they're on the cusp of a deal to ship him out. They showcased him last week. And I think they're probably actively shopping him but behind the scenes. Otherwise, I just really feel like you you would have seen more of him in this game because you're going to have next week. You've got a full game against Cincinnati to see all of these other guys, that all these other receivers that are out there. And granted, maybe this was an opportunity to see them work with Tua in the first half. But I, at the end of the day, I really feel like... Jakeem Grant is an expendable piece. We've seen it with Malcolm Perry returning kicks, with with Igbenogany returning kicks, with Waddle returning kicks. The fact that Grant wasn't out there at all, really, in the returning capacity, uh, in any special teams capacity, and was only out there for 11 snaps, I'm leaning heavily into the idea that it's very possible by the time that we arrive at next Saturday, Jakeem Grant has been traded to somebody. We'll we'll see whether or not that turns out to be the case, but I I'm I'm really curious to see where the Dolphins end up. I am feeling like it wouldn't surprise me at all if they ended up keeping seven receivers. Uh, the you know the 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 narrative around the Dolphins in the wide receiver room right now is that there is so much talent there that it is almost a certainty that these players that all of these guys that we're mentioning are going to get some time in the league this season. The question is whether or not it's with the Dolphins because they're going to send the Dolphins are going to put some of these guys on the practice squad. They're only going to be able to protect so many of them. And it's very possible that these guys are going to get sniped by somebody who is in need of a receiver. So it wouldn't surprise me that if Kirk Merritt or Robert Foster end up on a practice squad situation that they don't end up somewhere else and I think it's also a possibility that if those guys can't get fit onto the actual roster they may be you know maybe there's this is a situation where the Dolphins may try to ship him out who knows um it's an interesting it's an intriguing room but brain we've talked so much about the offense 
we haven't really said very much at all about the defense. And I think maybe that's a lot of that is because we have high expectations for the defense. Uh, the Falcons were running out a, you know, a second tier offense all night anyway. And the defense did what the Dolphins defense does. It was a very workmanlike performance from the defense as far as the, the first and second string went. It wasn't until the third string came out there that the uh, that the defense started to get gashed a little bit by the Falcons running game. I, I guess you could say that the running game and the the defense's ability to stop the running game is still a little bit of a concern there because the Falcons did have some success running the ball and we did see the Dolphins have some trouble with Felipe Franks when when he was in there being a mobile quarterback and that's something to keep an eye on especially as the Dolphins open the season against Cam Newton and Josh Allen and we know that we've had problems with mobile quarterbacks but largely I thought this was another very good showing from the defense a workmanlike performance Jalen Phillips was sprinkled into action for the first time tonight. Um, I We got to give a shout out to Sam Aguavin. Uh, I mean, Sam, excuse me, he pronounces it Sam Aguavone. Sam Aguavone was a monster in this game. Four, uh, five sacks he ended up with, including a safety. Uh, I mean, he was just, he was everywhere. He made his case. He said, Brian Flores put me on the roster. I, I he came to play, and it was one of the you know as far as individual performances go, it's a preseason game again against second string players. But man, did he come to make a statement, and he absolutely did. So it was very impressive um, from Sam Aguavone in this game, and the defense uh, as a whole. I thought you know a very solid performance to, uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, uh, number one, like you said, I, I'm not gonna put too much stock into this one against a bunch of second string guys from Atlanta, really third string. Cause AJ McCarron got hurt fairly early and, and Felipe Franks came in. So you're playing the second string Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Falcons offense with their third string quarterback. Um, so there's not a whole lot here. I mean, what did you expect? Did you expect the Dolphins to defense to give up 20 points with their first string? out there no uh, it was a workmanlike performance that said uh look it was good to see that Jalen Phillips was out there I didn't come away overly impressed with anything that he did out there but again it was good to see him I thought Zach Sealer had a couple of nice reps uh I thought there were some moments where I thought the defense you know kind of lost contain and and gave up some hill uh some holes in the in the rushing game um, I thought that there were some sloppy, there was some sloppy play. Um, but by and large, I thought the first team defense did a good job. Uh, there was a drive that Atlanta had in the second quarter where they drove down and, uh, you know, Justin Coleman just got beat awful on a on a, like a little slant route inside or a little skinny post inside uh the five yard line but the receiver dropped the pass uh dropped an easy score so you know everybody that's saying oh well the dolphins you know shut out the the atlanta foul well yeah because the guy dropped an easy touchdown uh to me justin coleman look i, I think he's making the roster um but he hasn't overly impressed me i mean last week he, i was I was on him because he 
had multiple opportunities to make tackles and didn't wrap up. And I thought that that was uh, something that he would get, you know, probably talked to or, or chastised for in the Dolphins locker room. And, and then in this one, he got beat badly. But I'll tell you what, on the very next play where Atlanta had a, a fade route in the end zone, man coverage, who's there with the pass breakup? Nick Needham. This guy every single week is making a play. Uh, Nick Needham right now is definitively uh, behind, you, you know, he's your number four corner right now. I don't think that you could really afford. Now, Nick Needham is an interesting guy as far as the question, as far as how many corners does the, do the Dolphins keep on the roster? Because you've got X, you've got Byron Jones, you're paying those guys a ton of money. You also went out and you brought in McCourty. And now you you went out and you signed J- Justin Coleman. You also have Nick Needham. Nick Needham is not making very much money, but he is on a contract year. And he's playing very, very well. And you have to make the determination right now, I think, with Nick Needham. Whereas, how important is it to keep your number four corner in this secondary and what can you get in return for him? Because I think Nick Needham is a very, you know, would be a very nice piece to hold on to. But if you can get a third round pick or better for him, I think you got to make the trade because I don't think there's any chance that the Dolphins are, are going to be able to bring him back because this guy could be a starter on a lot of teams in this league. He's going to oh, get paid. He's going to get paid next year. Uh, so I, I look out for a potential Nick Needham trade, but if they don't trade him and Justin Coleman is your fifth corner, then your sixth best cornerback on this roster right now is Noah Igbenogany. And on the one hand, that's great. <laughs> on the one hand, that's, that's outstanding. You have great depth there. On the other hand, You'd really hope that in his second year that Noah Igbenogany would have been able to climb the depth chart. But right now, not only is he the sixth best corner on the roster, I think that he's at best the sixth best corner on the roster because I don't know that he's outplaying, you know, your, your Jamal Perry's or your Javaris Davis's of the world either. Um, and Noah Igbenogany is going to make the roster because they've invested so much into him. But it's very concerning that that's where we're at right now with Igbenogany. Um, and then the question is, is, you know, if they keep six corners, which it looks like they're going to unless they trade Nick Needham or release Justin Coleman, um, how many safeties are they going to keep? Are they going to keep, because you know they're keeping Javon Holland and then they've got Eric Rowe. Um, you, in the past, uh, Brian Flores' defenses have liked to have 10 defensive backs. So that's space for two more defensive backs. So who else makes the roster? Is it is it Trill Williams and, and Jamal Perry? Uh, is, does a guy like Javaris Davis uh, make the roster? I don't know. I think that's a... That's a question uh, that remains to be answered that I don't think we're going to know the answer to uh, until until the final cutdown day. I think we're going to learn a lot in this last week as far as the 
what they have in the secondary. The front seven, though, not really concerned with what I saw. Uh, Adam Butler, uh, I thought, had three or four plays in the second half of this game where he broke through, but then couldn't get to the quarterback, and then the quarterback ended up making a play. So that was a little bit disappointing, but I guess better that he's breaking through than not doing anything at all. Absolutely. Well, I'm interested to see how that how the secondary shakes out. I I think I would be very surprised if they moved on from Nick Needham at this point. I just think he is he's so valuable to this team and to the and to this lockdown secondary. I would just be very surprised if they if they moved him unless of course they got an offer that they simply could not re- refuse. Um I think he would I would think they they would have him in their plans for this season. I think McCourty is, you're going to see him play that sort of hybrid defensive back role where he plays a little bit of corner. He plays a little bit of safety. He's already reportedly moving into that sort of role. So just going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. But again, the defense is not really the worry on this team. You know, like, like obviously and the, I should say, I question. should say that I forgot about Brandon Jones back there. Oh, Brandon too, so Jones is back there. That's too, already right? really nine roster spots. If you're keeping Nick Needham, that's already nine roster spots in the secondary that are basically locked up. Yeah. So I, you know, again, it comes back to the fact that this this defense we know is going to be a very solid unit, and there is nothing that we saw in this game on Saturday night that led led me to believe that there was something to panic about on the defensive front. The defense is just doing what this Dolphins defense does. And uh, it, it, it made you feel good. It made you feel good. And so we'll, we'll evaluate it a little bit closer after next weekend's game against Cincinnati. And we can take a look and see what, you know, what we think this roster is going to shake out, how we think it's going to shake out, what that 53 man roster is going to look like. We can maybe make some of those predictions next, next weekend. But for now, the Dolphins are going to be riding high. No joint practices this week, so it'll just be the Dolphins in training camp as they as they make their move towards this final preseason game against Cincinnati. This is the week now where it's really about those final roster spots getting secured, and we're going to see a lot of those guys, those bubble players. This is their big week. This is their week to make a big push and and try to get that statement, try to make the statement for their argument for why they should be on that 53-man roster. I'm excited. Excited to see how things shake out. It's We're only a few weeks away from regular season NFL football, and it is an exciting, exciting time. So, Brain, any parting words for the people that you want to share? No, I just, look, it's exciting that we've got football. It's exciting that things are, are looking good right now. All, I, all I'd say is, good or bad, never overreact to anything that you see in the preseason. I mean, we, we kind of do it every year, and, some, and sometimes we fall for it more than others. But uh, I know that there's been a lot of people already saying, all right, Tua is the guy. We, we got to just completely buy in that, that the, the quarterback issue is set. We found our guy. And I really hope that that's the case. And I'm very encouraged with the progress that we're making. But keep in mind that it's preseason. Keep in mind the opponent. And let's just hope that things keep moving in the right direction because there's still a lot of football to be played and there's still a lot to prove, particularly at that position. 
especially once the games start to actually count. And we're not there yet. We've still got another one of these fake games to play before we get to the real stuff and that trip to Foxborough where, well, the Dolphins are going to have quite a bit to prove as they head into the regular season and this year where we expect them to compete for potentially, I don't know if I expect them to necessarily compete for the division title, but certainly for for a playoff spot in the AFC. I certainly expect the Dolphins to be in the mix for that. We'll get into predictions and all of that stuff as we get a little bit closer to the start of the regular season. But again, thank you for joining us here on the same old Dolphin Show. Please download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere that you get your podcasts. Visit DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. Follow me at Amplified to Rock. Follow him at Aaron the Brain. Follow the show at Same Old Dolphins, and we will follow you back. That is a guarantee. And make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. We've got podcasts. We've got columns. Make sure that you go over to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Subscribe. Hit the like button on this video if you're watching it on YouTube. We appreciate that. Share the word. Spread the word around and help expand the DolphinsTalk.com family. We're proud to have you with us on this ride, and we look forward to a fun season ahead. For now, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!